Hi, everyone. Thank you once again for joining the Dan Roman podcast. I am your money and financial coach, Dan Roman, and I greatly appreciate your time, your attention. I want to thank you so much for sending in comments, for rating, for subscribing to this podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please do so. The more people that know about this podcast, the better. This way we can connect to more people. We can make this thing called personal finances go viral and we can really affect some change in our personal lives and also in the people that we know and love. couple questions for you as we start today's episode and going forward. First one, what are your biggest money challenges? The second one, what are you hoping to learn about your money? Please note, everything I share is for general education purposes only. Any insight I provide is strictly for that reason and is not a recommendation. I have and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Also, I have not considered nor evaluated your financial snapshot, your portfolio, or your risk assessment. This podcast is by no means a distribution of tax, investment, or legal advice. The Wall Street Journal had an article last week where couples are saying yes to buying a home before they say yes to getting married. And increasingly with low interest rates, with the deals on buying houses, people being concerned about COVID, so they're selling faster than they probably plan to, couples who are not married, are increasingly buying more houses. The number of unmarried partners living together nearly tripled in the last two decades to 17 million people. And there's been a huge increase um, in, in couples living together. Now, many of you will say that, yeah, this is beneficial. We got two incomes. You know, we're already living together. Buying a home is... Um, you know, having a home is much cheaper than renting. I want to uh, I want to attack this 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 thought process and this mindset. So first off, if you're playing house already, if you're already living together, if you're already splitting expenses, why not get married? That's the first question. What's stopping you from getting married like this week? I always ask that question to individuals that I'm coaching or I'm talking to casually, even people that I know um, know well, right? We have this illusion of, you know, he or she's my 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 partner for life. He or she is my is the person that I'm going to be with. So why not solidify it? Why not get married? And I know we have different values and different uh, opinions on marriage. I, for one, never wanted to get married. I thought that I could just live with the person that I love for the rest of my life and be fine. And the reason why marriage wasn't a topic of conversation for me personally was because well, my parents weren't married, so I didn't, I wasn't exposed to that, to that decision, to that growth prospect, to that 
ideology of marriage and what that means. I am now currently married. This is my second marriage. And um, coincidentally, it's my second marriage to the same woman. So if you've been following me for some time, you understand why that happened and how it happened. But marriage for me is something that I value. Marriage for my wife is something that she absolutely values. And whatever your reservations are for marriage or even why you don't want to get married, I can sympathize and I understand because I had my own. However, don't go buying homes with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't. Way too many times I've seen boyfriend and girlfriends break up. That happens, right? And what ends up happening to the property when one person has to leave? That financial burden becomes the sole responsibility of the person that stays in the house. Now, in some instances, I have seen and have read of cases where the boyfriend and girlfriend are on good terms enough to sell the home, split the proceeds if there are any, and move on. But you're extending the relationship. You're extending the uh, amount of time after the breakup that you two remain in contact, which can be uncomfortable. Also, what was the reason for the breakup and how is that going to impact the transactional part of this of this home? If he cheated on her or one partner was unfaithful to the other, the one that the one that got hurt by this decision, they're going to feel entitled to maybe get a larger percentage of the proceeds or they may want to rent it out, right? And you both have to agree on this cuz you both purchased the home. In some cases, I've seen one partner in the relationship have the home on their name, break up with the other partner, and kick the partner to the street with not a moment's notice. And legally, the owner of the home is able to do that. It's wrong. It's not right. But the person that's out on the curb with their luggage and their belongings has no move to make, no claim, no stakes, no skin in the game. Now, what if you both purchase a home with your name on the deed? I still don't recommend that because then now I have to deal with my my girlfriend, who's well, my ex-girlfriend. I have to re-deed the home, get her off of the deed. What if she doesn't want to? What if she doesn't want to have her name removed from the deed? What if me and my girlfriend are together in our home that we purchased? The home's in my name only because I, I've made most of, the, most of the annual income on my part was higher. I had the better credit score. I had a little bit of money put away for a down payment. So the strategy was, you know, I'll buy the home in, in, in my name since I have a better credit score, a little bit of money put away, and a job that pays me a little more. She agrees. We buy the home. I die in a car accident. So now she's living in a home. And all of my personal belongings, right, because I don't have children, uh, we're not married, goes to my family. Well, who's my immediate family? My brother, my father, my mother. So now she owns a home with my brother, my father, my mother. So now my brother, my father, and my mother are telling her what she should and needs to be doing with this property because it's not in her name. It's in my name, but I'm dead. So the transfer of property at my death goes to my next of kin. 
And without a will, that goes to my mother, my brother, my father. So she's living, essentially, with my brother, my mother, my father. I've seen this happen too many times. Home ownership is not cheaper than renting. You know what happens when you rent? You pay your rent. You know what happens when you rent an apartment and the heating and air system goes out? You call their landlord, they come and fix it, you don't pay anything for it. You know what happens when you have a leaky pipe from the, the unit above a unit above you leaking into your into your apartment? You call the landlord, they come and fix it. You know what happens in a home when your furnace goes out? You pay out of pocket. You know what happens in your home when your heating and air system goes out? You pay out of pocket. You know what happens in your home when you have a leak in your roof and your roof has to be entirely gutted and repaired? You come out of pocket. You know what happens when you have a flood in your basement because it's been raining consistently for a few days and you have water up to your ankles? You come out of pocket. When you own a home, you don't just have rent. You have property taxes. You have homeowner's insurance. Some people have PMI. Principal mortgage insurance. PMI happens if you don't pay 20% down or more on the, on the, as down payment on the home. Principal mortgage insurance is insurance for the bank in case you default on the loan, not insurance for you. You have repair and maintenance costs yearly. Some communities have HOA fees, which can be in excess of three, four, five hundred dollars a month. Owning a home is much more expensive than renting. However, in this conversation, people don't consider these things. People don't consider that if you're in the Northeast or in parts of the country that snow, you are going to be dealing with snow. You're going to have to get a snowblower, some shovels. When you own a home, you have to get a lawnmower and a weed whacker and hedge trimmers. You might need to get a generator. If you're smart and strategic, a power washer, owning a home is not cheap. It sounds nice, but on paper, it does not speak to the reality. Did you know that the average individual or couple that has started coaching with me in 12 weeks time has found an average of $8,000 in their budget? Now, some are more, some are less. But what I'm trying to say is that in in 12 weeks time, the average amount of money that is found in their budget is $8,000. And there's many ways to get through this or get to that point. But what ends up happening is they, they, they take the this found money over time and they apply it to where they are in their financial position. If they have debt, they, it goes towards debt. If they don't have any debt, it goes towards savings and then savings for something specific, right? Down payment on a home. If they have a home already, then saving as an emergency fund. In any event, in 12 weeks, the average amount of money found is about $8,000. So if that's something that appeals to you, if that's something that you find to be worthwhile, please check out the show notes of this podcast where you can see my website and you can also connect with me. There's a link there that you and I can connect and have a call, but I would love to be your guide so that you can master your money so you can win with your money. And for those that are having money stresses, we can eliminate that all together. There is no way that we can build a community without all of us connecting with one another in every way possible, through social, through email, 
and even through this podcast. Most people prefer to rent on the cheap, but buy in style. Most people will go to the bank. The bank says you qualify for a $500,000 home. And most people will buy a $500,000 home. In general, couples, when you're married and you're out buying a home and the bank says you qualify for $500,000, that is them telling you we can risk giving you $500,000. That does not mean you need to go buy a $500,000 home. When a $200,000 home is perfectly justifiable and reasonable and exactly what you need. Separate conversation for a different podcast, though. Renting is not a waste of money. You have a roof over your head. Renting is camping, right? Renting is only a waste of money if you're going to be doing it for an extended, long portion of your life. Because ultimately, you want to get into a home, right? Purchase your asset, pay it off, and then go buy your second home. Go rent out your first home. Have it appreciate in value. Have something that's yours, right? Eventually, that's the goal. Renting isn't a waste of money if you have a plan on what your financial future and what your future will look like. But don't do this with someone you're not married to. If you're going into a home purchase simply because the mortgage is cheaper than the rent, that's bullshit. And you're not thinking clearly. And you need to educate yourself on what you're getting yourself into. Now, this episode is going to cover some of the things that you would have to be responsible for as a homeowner. But I didn't cover in detail other aspects of a home home ownership. For example, I know an individual and they got a letter in the mail from a town inspector. The town inspector needs this individual to replace their sidewalk beginning to end. Why? Because the sidewalk is uneven and it's a potential trip hazard. There is a sidewalk inspector in this town So what happens? The homeowner is responsible for repairing the sidewalk. The homeowner's only been in the home for three years. So chances are the sidewalk's been screwed up well before the the homeowner purchased the home. But it is that homeowner's responsibility. You know what happens when you rent and the sidewalk's messed up? Nothing. (laughs) But when you own a home and the town mandates you to fix it because it's your property. Or... They're going to fix it and send you a bill. And by the way, if that bill goes goes unpaid, they'll put a lien on your house. Different conversation for a different day. But look that term up. They could even have a court martial lock you out of your own home in some instances. So how is owning better than renting? The truth is, in many respects, it isn't. However, from a wealth building standpoint, if you can stabilize that portion of your of your expenses month to month and you have a plan to pay your home off early for a married couple 
who's working together, it's worth it. But for boyfriend and girlfriend, for two people shacked up, honestly, it's a terrible idea. Now, granted, that's my opinion, and I've given you some details and some specific as to why my opinion exists. And for those of you that want to have a one-off conversation as to why you are in support of two people that aren't married buying a home together, then I would love to have that conversation. Let's have a phone call, but let's have an email exchange. Let's have a text exchange. I like to learn people's perspectives because in the process, I can share my own in better clarity, but also maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something out there that I'm missing. And I honestly just love to learn. But if you're in a position where you're looking at your partner, you're not married, and you want to buy a home because it's cheaper than renting, stop what you're doing. Because you're heading into a dangerous territory. I've seen couples after years split up. I've seen couples after years just hate each other and things go sour. My example, me and my wife got divorced. We're remarried now. In your mind, you're like, yeah, but you could just get divorced and it's the same thing. Married individuals have more protections. Married individuals actually have a right to open up their mouths in court or in front of a divorce attorney and request or demand something. They have skin in the game. Boyfriend and girlfriend, two couples, I'm sorry, two individuals that are shacked up, not legally married, have no skin in the game. And if one person has that home in their name, that other person is screwed. So let's run run down this scenario. Penelope and I are married. Something happens to us and we get divorced again. And we have our investments and all this other stuff. Depending how long we've been been married, she has claimed to 50% of all of it. And... She can te- she can say in court, she can say to the divorce attorney or the arbitrator, the, the person kind of being the referee between her and I, she can tell the arbitrator, I want him to sell the house and I want 50% of the proceeds. And it's up to me to say one of two things, okay, or I'll just transfer the home to you. Or it's okay, I'll just remove my name off of the deed, the home is yours. It's different when you are married. You have legal protections. You have legal remedies. In a situation where a breakup is coming. It's a lot different from a boyfriend and girlfriend perspective. Renting is not a waste of money. It's not a waste of time. It's only a waste of money and a waste of time if you have no vision on buying your home. And for most individuals, for most of us, that is the biggest purchase we will ever have in our entire lives. That is the biggest purchase, the biggest asset that we will have in our lives. So do it the right way. Do it with your spouse together on a plan with a shared vision and goal in mind. Don't go shacking up and don't go buying a house because it's cheaper than than renting. Because I give you plenty of examples as to why it isn't. Well, guys, that is a wrap for today. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for your time. 
If you found this podcast valuable, informational, resourceful in any way, please share this with someone that you personally know and are connected to so that they can gain something from this also. The way we build a community is for all of us to be connected, engaging with one another, sharing information, uplifting each other up. If at any point in time I have said anything, created anything, or shared something with you in any way that you have found helpful, life-changing, or informational, please share this episode on all your social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Text the link to a friend so that they can listen to this Listen to this with a loved one at home so we can all make this thing called personal finances go viral so that we can gain control of our money so that we decide what happens, when it happens, and how it happens. Thank you all once again. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. See the show notes of this podcast if you want to reach out to us via social. Visit the website. Send us an email. If you want to be featured on the next podcast, there's a link there also for you to drop in a voice message. And if you want to book a consultation free of charge to discuss your financial position, you can book an appointment there. See appointment times that are available to you real time. We can also book an appointment for your coaching or counseling session as well. And as always, God bless. Peace.